Hello, everybody, and welcome to You File Your Taxes Your Way podcast. My name is Ida Celli, your host for today. Uh, we are approaching the end of tax season. We have a couple of weeks left to file our returns, and our topic today will be the five common mistakes people make while getting ready to file their returns. And to talk to us about those uh, common mistakes is our very own special specialist, Jerry Vitoratis. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Not bad, Ida. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. The deadline is approaching and it's coming pretty fast. Yeah, and and uh, you know, and 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 I think it's really apropos, right? This this kind of uh, uh, this kind of podcast in order to uh, for those who haven't filed their tax returns yet to fine tune their game, you know, when it comes to uh, filing uh, their tax return, you know, to make sure that they that they don't make these kind of common mistakes. And unfortunately, some pros make these mistakes too. Uh, we're going to see as we go along uh, that some of these mistakes are are quite common, even for those who are not necessarily well versed and those who are pros. Unfortunately, so hopefully, uh, you know, we could we can explain these and you won't fall into these pitfalls. Okay, let's start with the first one being disorganized with your documents. Yeah, that's the big one. And that, you know, whether you're a pro or whether you're a rookie when it comes to filing your uh, filing returns, uh, you know, that's the big one is really being disorganized. And more, and more specifically, when we say disorganized is essentially missing specific uh, receipts that you can use to reduce your tax payable. Okay, now by receipts, we mean these are receipts that you get throughout the year, and these aren't official slips from the CRA. So for example, this isn't a T4 slip or a T5 slip uh, or some pension slips like a T4 RSP. Okay, these are receipts that you get that you can claim for specific credits throughout the year. So the typical example of these are medical expenses and donations. Okay, uh, and the reason why people a lot of times miss out on these things because they get these receipts when they incur the expense. So for example, if I go to my dentist in the month of February, okay, and for a cleaning or, or whether it is to, to fix a cavity, uh, then my dentist will give me a receipt right then and there, okay, when I go and visit them to have the treatment done. I won't get the I won't get that receipt during the time where my mind is fine-tuned for it, which is around, you know, the month of February when most of the other slips and receipts come in uh, for my tax return. So it's very important, it's crucially important uh, to have a good archiving, archiving system in order to archive these documents as you're going along. And the tip that I give to everybody, and, and this, is, this has been in previous podcasts and on our blog articles as well, is to essentially open a folder at the beginning of the year. You know, tax time is all year. It's not just, you know, uh, February till April 30th, as we always commonly know, because again, you get these receipts as you're going along. If you donate to a, a charitable organization in March, they send you the receipt in March. You get it right away. So make sure you have that folder open as of January 1st of the year. And anything that you suspect or that you think is related to taxes, just stick it in that folder. And then once tax season comes the following year, you sort right through, but you make sure that you have everything when you're producing your return. Okay. Um, what about our next topic? The not being aware of the carry forward amounts. That's a big one. I mean, that that honestly, it's an unfortunate one, really, because, you know, carry forwards can be quite precious when it comes to producing your tax return. What I mean by precious is uh, you can use these. These are kind of like a, a bank of credits or deductions that you can use in future years. OK, so so that's what ca- that's the concept of a carry forward. Essentially, it is you don't need this amount currently 
to reduce your taxes. Therefore, the government allows you to bank those amounts for a future year. Okay, and the government gives you a list of those carry forwards in specific areas. For example, on your notice of assessment would be one. And another place where you would get them is in your My Account portal with the CRA. And for those of you who are in Quebec, the My Account portal of Revenue Quebec. It's essentially the same, you know, it's a similar concept uh, with the uh, with the Quebec return. Now, what are some of these amounts, right, that, that you can bank, that you can carry forward? One of them, and the most common one, is tuition. Okay, the tuition credit. Tuition credit is a non-refundable tax credit, meaning that I use it up until I reduce my taxes to zero. If I still have credits left over, after I've reduced my tax to zero, I can bank these credits and carry them forward to a, to a future year if I don't transfer them to my parent. Okay, but tuition is a typical one. Another one is capital losses. Okay, so you sell investments in taxable accounts, you sell them for a loss. These losses, if you don't have any capital gains during the year, you bank these losses and you, ca you carry them forward to the following year. Okay, these are examples. Other examples would be RSP contributions. Again, you contribute to your RSP. You don't need that contribution to reduce your, your tax to zero. You can bank those contributions for a future year when you start making more money. So these are, you know, really precious amounts because you could use them and they can have a profound effect on your tax return. But the only way they can have an effect is if you're aware of them. You have to be aware that you have them. Okay, and the key and not where do I get them? As I mentioned before, you get them either on your notice of assessment, okay, which is essentially the document, the confirmation document that the government sends you when you've completed your return and they've acknowledged that they've received your return, okay, or you go even better actually. Your best bet is to go to the My Account portal of the CRA, and for those of you who are in Quebec, it's My Account for Revenue Quebec. Everything is located in those portals. So in other words, the notice of assessment should go in your file, your tax file file for when you when you do your tax return, right? Yes, it's it's a must. I mean, that is the most important document uh, of your tax return. You know, well, first of all, it, you know, for those of you who don't have direct deposit, that's the that's the paper where the check comes in. Now you'll know what I'm talking about, you know, because that's where you detach the check and you deposit it into your account. Those of you who don't have direct deposit, okay, uh, that's number one. You'll notice as well that if you decide to go to a tax professional, okay, to produce your return, one of the first things they're going to ask you is your notice of assessment from the previous year, because that gives them an idea of what's in your tax return to make sure that they don't miss anything when they produce your return. And you're going to, and we're going to see in this list, the last item of the list is also related to your previous year's return. Okay. And how, how important it is as well. So it is crucially important to have that document. If you don't have it physically, you can go to my account. Again, I go back to the portal. I mean, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I think in these, you know, podcasts and these Facebook lives that we give, uh, that we give uh, regularly, I keep always being the seller of these accounts uh, for the CRA for Revenue Quebec, but they're amazing. They are great portals because it's got your whole tax situation in one account, in one portal. Okay. And that's just as much on the federal side. And for those of you who are in Quebec, in the Revenue Quebec side. Okay. So it's crucially important to sign up. And the beauty of it is that when you sign up, you log in with your online banking credentials. Okay. Once they, once the government sent you the temporary code to activate your account, as of then, you simply go in with your bank account. It's the same credentials when you go in with your bank account. Very, very easy to use. And now the next topic is at the beginning of the year, always the government gives a, a new budget, comes out with a new budget. And a lot of times they mention stuff that's that's related to the taxes. So 
not being aware of the budget changes, how does that impact us? Yeah, and that's a big one. Uh, that's a big one as well, and one that that uh, unfortunately a lot of people are not aware of. You know that how important it is to be aware of the budget changes. Okay, because again, you know the government will make uh, any changes that come to the tax turn are always announced in the budget. Okay, that's always where they're going to give it. Okay, and you'll notice coincidentally a lot of changes are going to appear the year the, around election years. By sheer coincidence, you know, you're going to see a lot of these new credits and new goodies that the government is trying to give us. And this, like, I'm not, I'm not attacking the current government. Every single other government before that mm -hmm. did the exact same thing. Uh, so essentially, it's a way to buy votes, right? I'm, I'm, but, but that's what it is. Okay, so what the government will do is that they'll announce these goodies, okay, during the budget. And and for a lot of these credits and these new changes, they start becoming applicable as of the date of announcement of the budget. Okay, meaning that. For example, when the budget was announced a couple of weeks ago, it's usually around you know mid to late March. Although this year was a little late, it was early April. Uh, the, essentially, a lot of these changes apply as of 2000, as of 2022. For example, this year, as of the budget date announcement. Now, if you're not aware that these changes have been announced and that they're applicable now, well, you can't benefit from them. How do you know to target your your expenditures to a specific area that the government is giving you a credit for if you're not aware of what they are? So, so now I'm not asking you or anybody who's listening here, I'm not asking them to, you know, comb through 700 pages worth of the budget. Okay. Nobody's going to do that. Believe me, the government does a really, really good job. Okay. When you go to budget.gc.ca, which is the website on the CRA site, you have a similar site. You simply go to finance Quebec on the Quebec site. For those of you who are in Quebec, they do a really good job of putting some nice glossy websites with the headlines of all the goodies they are giving us uh, within these budgets. Okay. So make sure to simply go there and just be aware okay believe me they're not hard to find the government makes them very very easy to find these kind of goodies that they're giving you okay so go there find out what they are and start benefiting from them okay that's really the key the key is again a lot of these they get announced and they're and they're in effect as of the date of the announcement sometimes they're even retroactive sometimes they'll even go to the beginning of the year okay they'll make that announcement in the budget but again you can't get there you can't get there unless you can't get these credits unless you know what they are. Now, there's also the flip side to it. A lot of times the government will remove certain credits from the return. Okay. Like I, I can think of one example, which was the transit passes when the government had announced that they were, they were eliminating that credit. Well, they didn't eliminate it right away as of the budget announcement. They said by the end of the current year, they were going to eliminate it. So you still had a good chunk of time to be able to claim those expenses. Okay. The other one was the children's activities, you know, the fitness and the sports and the artistic activities. Again, the government announced that they were going away, but they announced that they was only going to go away as of the end of the year, meaning you still had a good amount of time, you know, if not around about nine months in order to still benefit from that credit. But again, if you don't know, you can't benefit. So the key is go to the government website where the budget gets announced or simply go to the news sites. Okay. Any news site will give you a nice summary of what those credits are and make sure you take advantage of them from the moment that they're announced. Okay. Uh, the next point makes me think a lot about people who say, well, I don't owe any taxes. Why should I file? So missing out on the claims you are allowed to make. How important? Yeah, that 
Well, that's very important. I mean, uh, and again, you, you might say, well, how would I know? Uh, you know, a quick way of doing it is to simply comb through the general guide. Okay, so the government always has a general guide every single year with all with a list of all the main lines that are on your tax return. This guide is very, very simple to read. Okay, believe me, it's not legalese, not made for, you know, to people who are just in the tax industry. Okay, it's made for everybody to be able to understand what they can claim. Okay, so the key is comb through it. Okay, just just skim through it and see whether you might hit upon certain expenses that certain claims that you could be eligible for. One typical one that a lot of people miss out on and is actually a lot more frequent than you would think is moving expenses. Okay, that's one example of a deduction that you can claim uh, for you know expenses that you incurred for moving closer to your workplace or closer to a post-secondary educational institution. Okay, so for example, let's say you were in a rural area and now you're moving to an urban area to be able to be closer to your work. Well, if the difference is, is if if the move gets you 40 kilometers closer uh, to your at least 40 kilometers closer to your new workplace. Guess what? Your moving expenses now are deductible on your tax return and you can use them against your employment income. Okay, so that's and that's a big one. I mean, you know, moving trucks are not cheap. You know, uh, what's called if you have to travel interprovincial, you have to travel from one province to another and you're doing it by car. It's not a cheap, it's not a cheap drive. You, you could deduct meals, you could deduct your fuel, you could deduct the trucks, you can even deduct commissions for selling your home. So there's a lot of expenses that you can deduct, and it's a lot more common than you would think. I mean, people move all the time. And it doesn't have to be, for example, moving from one province to another or you know, from one re, you know, from one uh, from one uh, corner of the country to another. It could just be you're in a rural area and you've moved 40 kilometers closer. 40 kilometers is not a lot. Most people do this as a commute every single day. Okay, so, so it's not hard to meet that criteria. So the key is skim through it, find out what you can deduct, okay? And, and therefore, you don't miss out on anything that you can claim, like, for example, moving expenses, which, which can be quite beneficial. What about somebody with a nil return? Um, if he wants to get, if he's 19 and over, he wants to get the GST or if, uh, they're a couple, the, the, one of the spouses doesn't work if they want, and they have a child, you know, how beneficial is it in order to, to, you know, not to miss out on their credits? Yeah. It, it, well, it's, it's actually necessary. I mean, at GST, for example, if I'm a, let's take a typical example. I'm a student. Uh, I'm not taxable. I, don't, I only have a part-time job, for example, and I'm, and I'm in a post-secondary education. I'm over 18 years old. I have to file a tax return if I want to collect GST. I have no choice. I have to file a tax return to get, for example, the Canada workers benefit, but that one depends on if you're a full-time student or a part-time student. If you're a full-time student, unfortunately you can't get it. Uh, if you're past the semester, but if you're a part-time student, you could collect that refundable credit, which is which can be quite high if you're not making a lot of income. For families, for example, to get the Canada Child Benefit, both of you have to file your tax returns if you're a couple. Even if you have a spouse that's at home that's not making any income, the government needs to know that your spouse is not making any income. The only way to do that is by filing a tax return. And by filing it on time, you start collecting the benefits on time as well. Uh, so it's always a misnomer. You know, we always hear this, oh, I, well, I'm not paying any taxes. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have anything to pay. Yeah, I have but no income. I have no income, right? But you still have benefits you can collect because you are lower income. But the only way you collect those benefits is by filing a tax return. Here's another example. Uh, in certain provinces, you have the climate action incentive, which is a quarterly benefit now that the government pays uh, every three months. But the only way to collect it, what's the answer? File a tax return. 
file a tax return. That's the only way you can collect those uh, the, those benefits. So absolutely, there's there's no such thing as you don't need to file. The moment you're 18 and above, you file your return, whether you have income or not. Okay. Another good example is the new Quebec uh, for people living in Quebec. It's the new credit, the $500 one. That's an excellent one, right? Because what do they say? So, so what they're saying is they're giving every uh, resident of Quebec a $500 uh, credit. It's a new credit that's not on your tax return, but will be paid to you once they assess your tax return, which means again, file your return, right? So even if, so even if uh, you don't have any income or you have very little income, if you're 18 and above, you're eligible for that credit. And if you're below $100,000, you're eligible for that credit as well. So at that point you collect it, but again, you will only collect it when you file. Okay. I think we made that one clear. So <laughs> let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> okay. Not checking your previous year's return while producing your current one. Yeah, that one is not an obvious one. You might think, well, what do you mean? I've already done it. I've, I've piled it up in my, in my folder and I've thrown it out, All right, which a lot of people do. Hey, one more year done. I don't have to worry about this thing anymore. But no, not so fast. Okay. The reason why we say this is because you want to make sure you didn't miss things again. Again, you notice the theme here about the common mistakes is omissions. You're missing things on your return. You're missing claiming something uh, that you are eligible for. You're missing a new credit the government has added in their budget. Uh, you're missing out, you know, you're missing out on, on the other things that we mentioned as well. Okay. Uh, for example, you did not, you don't have your receipts, right? And you're missing on your medical expenses. Okay. So th again, it's all about omissions. That's the theme. Okay. And the big one here, uh, the big one here is to have that comparative with your previous year to make sure you're not missing anything. Okay. Because most individuals are filing the return unless there's some big life event change. For example, you got a new job. For example, you were working in your now retired. For example, you were a student and now you're working full time. Unless you're in those scenarios, most of our tax returns are very similar from one year to the next, especially if we're not hopping from, you know, one job to another. Okay. If we stay stable in our jobs and we stay stable in our family situation, if there's not big life event changes, okay, then uh, your tax return is very, very similar from one year to the next. So by high, having your previous year's tax return there, one, you're not going to miss out on claims that you could make because you did make those claims in the previous year. And second of all, you're not going to miss out on declaring income that you should be declaring that the government might count catch you on. Okay. So maybe you're missing a slip, maybe some emitter, let's say a bank or a financial institution never sent you a, a slip that you made income for. You'll catch it by having the comparative with your previous year's return. Cause you're going to see, Oh, wait a minute. I had this amount here last year. I'm not seeing it this year. Why? Now you start asking the relevant questions in order to properly produce your tax return. So it's very, very important to have your previous years there as a comparative. For example, with you file, we'll be producing tax return uh, with us. We have the, what we call the T1 comparative summary and the TP1 comparative summary where you could show line by where you have a line by line comparative between your previous year and your current year. So it's great. You see it skim through it when you're done with your return and make sure you haven't missed anything. All right. So I guess that covers pretty much um, a lot of the common omissions that we make. Uh, I think it's it's very good point to remind everybody we're we're coming close to the end of the, the 2022 tax tax year by filing our 20, 2021 taxes. So um, our website has a lot of information. We have blogs, we have frequent FAQs. We do have also uh, YouTube videos available for you and a tax and you page where there's some question Q and A's over there for to 
two common questions. So that covers our podcast for today. Jerry, any other uh, words of wisdom you want to leave our, our listeners with? Well, again, the words of wisdom is sharpen your skills when it comes to producing your return. That's the point of this podcast, right? Is that, you know, by, by following, by avoiding the five mistakes we just mentioned in this podcast, you're going to be, you're going to have, you're going to be efficient with producing uh, your tax return. And like you mentioned, we have a lot of resources at hand at ufile.ca in the, we have the, we'll post the, uh, a link to our website uh, directly uh, in the description of this podcast, go in there. We have a lot of interesting articles that are there. They're related to taxes. We, we update it regularly. We have a YouTube YouTube page where we give educational videos as well and where we po post this podcast as well uh, so uh, on YouTube so so you know it, it go to our website there's a, a slew of information you can get to uh, that will help you be more efficient with your taxes and very important file on time yeah Absolutely. Whether you have a refund or not. And I, and I mentioned this again, you know, the, the, you know, the claim is always, well, I got a refund. I could wait. Yeah, really? Well, guess what? You just gave the government an interest-free loan, right? That's essentially what you've done. Would the government do that favor to you? No. Would you do that favor to anybody else? No. So collect what's due to you. Okay. Don't, don't sit and wait. All right. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thanks everybody for listening and have a good day. Thank you.